Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode two of Off The Beat and Track podcast with me, Stu Whiffin. Hope you're okay. Episode one um, is out and about now. If you missed it, go and check it out. It was with Mr. Scroobius Pip, the Distraction Pieces network head honcho, um, all-round podcasting chap, um, and me mate. And he come over and we had a good old chat. So go and have a little listen to that one. Um, yeah, what I will say before we get on to who's guesting today is with these podcasts, we talk mainly about music and the guests choose tracks to to kind of signify different points in their life. And we, we, we talk about what they meant. And, and obviously we talk about the area they grew up in and how that affected them. Um, series one being about Essex. Um, but... Because of the regulations around playing licensed music and such, some tracks we can't play. So what we do to accompany these podcasts as well is a Spotify playlist. So if they mention a track that you haven't heard and you think, oh, I'd be interested in checking that out, head over to Spotify and, yeah, just search Off The Beat and Track Podcast and you can go and have a little listen to the playlist of, of all the guests that we have um, coming on the podcast. Um, Pips is on there already, and, and obviously Russell's will be up there now as well. Um, yeah, what I will do, I'll, I'll post all the links uh, to, to the Spotify playlist in any social media that I do to to push this podcast. So we're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all the usual places. So just search off the beaten track and give us a like or a comment or whatever you can do on them social platform thingies. Um, and... Yeah, let us know what you like and what you don't like about the podcast because it's all new to me and, um, yeah, hopefully you'll all enjoy it. So, anyway, today's podcast is Mr. Russell Lissack, guitarist in Block Party and Nova Cub. And Russell come to Essex. He come out to... Um, he's an Essex boy, obviously, and, and he come out to my back garden and sat in my shed-type bar thing we call the Whiff Inn. Um, we sat and chatted for about an hour and he chose some great records and we spoke at length about what them records meant to him and and, and his career today. And he's a he's a smashing lad, Russ. And what I will say as well, I think about three quarters of the way through the podcast, the batteries run out on the, the recorder thing. So there'll be a tiny little glitch where um, I'm sure the producer 76 will put some kind of little sound effect in there just while we change the batteries. So if you hear a kind of 
glitch or something, then that's all it is. So you, by the time it's edited out, you probably won't even notice. But yeah, so we had to switch the batteries about three quarters of the way through. But yeah, this podcast is about an hour long, and um, and hopefully you're going to really enjoy it because it was a lot of fun for me to do, and I think you're going to really enjoy the things that that Russell has to say and the songs that he chose. So I'll be back at the end to to tell you a little bit more about what we got coming up, and yeah. Please enjoy this podcast. This is episode two of Off the Beaten Track with me, Shoe Within. 76, play that music. It's Off the Beaten Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network with me, Stew Within. Good evening and welcome to Off the Beaten Track podcast with me, Stew Within. And I'm not going to waste any time in introducing this evening's guest. It's Russell Lissack. Hello. You all right? Yeah, good, thanks. You? I'm very well, thank you. We're, we're talking like you've just walked in the, the, <laughs> the, the bar, but we have been sitting here for about an hour having a having one of them sort of catch-ups where you try not to talk about anything that you mm. want to talk about throughout this podcast. Um, it's a nice sunny evening, and uh, yeah, the grass needs cutting, but we'll, uh, we'll worry about that another time. <laughs> so what have you been up to? since the last see you um what have i been up to i guess the main thing i've been working on is a new band that i've joined called nova cub mm-hmm. um we've just we've kind of spent the last year writing songs and, and getting everything together and um yeah we just kind of went semi-public i guess uh, a week well a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. um yeah we've just Put a few demos up online on on YouTube and SoundCloud and Instagram and, and all, all that jazz, and just started doing a couple of gigs as well. Um, yeah, and that's that's kind of become my main focus at the moment. Trying, kind of just really excited about doing that. So we'll talk a little bit more about that at the end as well, because mm-hmm. you've kindly let us have a track that we can play out at yeah, the end of this yeah. podcast, so people can hear what you're up to. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get on to your your track listing that you're going to go through tonight. Um, I should make, remind everybody that that track list will be available on Spotify, so you can go and listen to Russell's song choices. Um, but just going back to um, Nova Cub, mm-hmm. um, so just I, I imagine there's going to be a lot of Block Party fans listening to this. So, so this isn't going to infringe on you know obviously you're doing the Ali Pally shows with. Um, yeah, we're doing the Silent Alarm yep. first album mm-hmm. shows. Um, yeah, it's, it's just it's quite a short tour. It's, yeah, um, to six dates in October. So yeah, it's not really uh, that time-consuming. I guess yeah. just 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 to do a week of shows. So Nova Cup was just a, an avenue for your, your creativity to to try something different and to you know is it. Is it your band or are you, you know, is it? Um, no, it's, there's, there's four of us in the band. So it, it, it's our band, you know, I've just um, met some really awesome people to make music with, um, you know, and I guess I was in a place where we weren't doing a lot with Block Party and I really missed the kind of, you know, that like raw energy of playing guitar, which, you know, has, I mean, you know, Block Party's always been quite an experimental band, I think, to to a degree. And, you know, everything we've done is quite different from the last thing we've mm-hmm. done. But, um, 
you know, just personally, I guess, having spent so much time on tour the last few years or the last 10 years, but, um, you know, I, I, I came to kind of really miss like that, that, that energy and that tension and, and, and that rawness. And I, I thought, you know, there's, 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 there's gotta be another avenue for this, like another, another outlet for this. So yeah, you know, I've, I've, I've met some like-minded people and we kind of, how, how did you meet them? How did that come about? Um, well, the singer and guitar player is Louise, and she's the drummer in Block Party at the moment, okay. the, the kind of current drummer. So, you know, we met, um, uh, I guess, being in Block Party and on tour, and, um, you know, kind of spending all that time together discussing music, you know, it, it became quite apparent that, that we had a lot in common and that it was something that we both wanted to explore. And then uh, Tony, the drummer, and Yona, the bass player, they are friends of hers yep. from from London. So she, they're kind of, she's known them as, as, as musicians for a couple of years. Um, yeah, and introduced me to them. And, you know, we just kind of spent a bit of time jamming. And I don't know, yeah, it was just like super exciting that, immediately there was this this chemistry between us and and you know we've written so many songs in such a collectively short, yeah oh excellent in such like a short period of time it's like you know it feels like a tap's been turned on and these these ideas like we're, we're, we're kind of drowning in ideas at the moment which is yeah it's like a brilliant position to be in and you know we're really excited about getting stuff out there and we can't even keep up with our own output you know like we've always got this backlog of songs that we're working on. Yeah. And it's just, it's just kind of constantly exciting at the moment for us. So we're, you know, really eager to share all that and let people hear stuff. Super. But we'll, we'll let people hear that at mm, the end of, mm. of this episode. And then we'll talk a little bit about the gigs that you've done and the gigs that you've got coming mm-hmm, up mm-hmm. as well with, for, for both block party and Nova Cup. Yeah. But as you know, on this podcast, we ask you to, uh, submit seven tracks for your album mm-hmm. and uh, and track one is always the song with the greatest intro which is obviously quite fitting to to start the the playlist yeah so what did you go for Russ? um well you've got my list but yeah. have think, you forgot I, i've forgotten but I, I think i know what it is <laughs> yeah okay I, I did know what it was but i was i, I should have guessed right. um i've gone with this charming man by the smiths okay okay was there any other considerations um, yeah, I, I nearly went with uh, uh, what's it called, Johnny B. Good. Yeah, yeah, Johnny B. Good by um, Michael J. Fox. By Michael J. Fox. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that, that's the version I discovered. But, yeah. Um, by Chuck Berry originally. I, I guess. Yeah, they're both songs that start on um, you know extremely recognisable yeah. guitar riffs. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, there's there's probably lots of songs. Yeah you could you could put into that category but i i you know i just remember you know even as, as a teenager when you start going to clubs like you know every time that song would come on yeah it's like bang it's go yeah. time like everyone recognizes it like yeah. the instant it starts and then you know it's very short it's this little like four bar riff mm. and then the song kicks in and it's yeah you know it even at that point, it was like 10, 15 years old and still immediately everyone like like jumps on it and 
you know, I, I hope it still has that reaction to this day. Yeah. And I know when you done hardcore listening and we spoke about your top five mm. favorite guitarists, Johnny was in there, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, uh, he's got no shortage of guitar openers for, for a myriad of Smith songs as well. He's, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's, he's, have you ever met him? Yeah. Um, when did I meet him? I, Met him when I was playing guitar with Ash. I think those guys kind of know him. Um, so where were we? Yeah, we were at a festival somewhere, and uh, we all just kind of sat down at catering, I guess, for, for for dinner. And and he was at the table, and he just um, kind of held court and and told stories for like an hour whilst everyone had their dinner. And it was it was very cool. Yeah, very that's cool a dinner meal. guest, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was there. He was good company. So you didn't get to have kind of nerdy guitar chats with him? No, I, did, I, I didn't go too nerdy. I, I've kind of done that in the past. I think it's more... If if, if you're one-on-one, you can probably get, get into that world yeah. when you're at a table full of people. No one wants to hear about pedals. No, not so much. I, I suppose that crowd it probably would have yeah. would have been acceptable. But um, So so Johnny, so you're a Smiths fan, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I'm a huge Smiths fan as well, but... I know lots of other people that also subscribe to that, but I've kind of had a little kickoff lately at, at yet again Morrissey's outbursts. And does that does that affect you and the Smiths? Because I know so many people that oh fuck up, I can't listen to him anymore. He's he's gone too far, and he's you know. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I don't massively keep track of yeah uh, the, the the press. I guess that he does. Yeah. I I've I've never really like been overly interested in what musicians have to say. Sure. I guess to, to you know to pull it bluntly, like like even when I was young, I remember if I was getting you know Enemy or Kerrang or whatever, like I I wouldn't really read the interviews because like I don't know. I, it, yeah, I just wasn't. I liked the music. I, I completely agree with you. You, you know, I completely so agree. I suppose. Yeah, I can certainly understand how like other people, if, if 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 they're being offended by what someone is saying, then that's going to have a detrimental mm. effect on 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 the music, you know. And and I guess there's, you know, I don't, I'm not going to name people, just but some people who've, you know, uh, done things that have made them very public figures mm-hmm. in a negative way, and it's unavoidable to. Uh, connect those actions with their music so i can i can get that but yeah i i guess with morrissey yeah it, it's a weird one because you know some of the things he has said you, you think he would have been quite vilified sure but that he doesn't seem to be you know he he he, he still carries on doing his thing and people still love him so you know whether he's being misquoted or who, who knows. You know it's not something I've yeah. investigated. But yeah, it's not it's not something that's affected me because it's a know, separate entity, right? Yeah, like yeah, for me it is. You know, yeah, like it, I agree. I listen to the music at you know particularly at a point yeah. in time in my life, and 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 that's what I'm mostly associated with. Yeah, and I can listen to it now and you know, reconnect to that point in my life or listen to it and appreciate the music for what it is yeah. now. But, yeah, beyond that, it, I guess it would have to, like, be really shoved in my face yeah. for me to 
yeah. kind of become oh, yeah. aware of it. I went to um, my friend's 40th birthday party in Brighton about six months ago and uh, and went to, uh, I think it's a, it's, a, it's like a club night called, um, it's still 1984 or something like mm -hmm. that. And the promoter's name's Henry, really, really nice guy. And he, he put us all on the guest list and we've been middle-aged men drinking all day. And we, we, we turned up at this club that was full of young, colourful, beautiful people and us elderly men um but it was i mean the club night was phenomenal it was mm. playing it was playing predominantly 80s music but it was playing like talk talk and it was playing like it wasn't playing just duran duran and and you know madonna it was mm. playing just great 80s music and and uh, and I think by the time we got about one o'clock, we was like, oh, we're done. We got to get out of here. And just as we was walking out in the club. I don't know what song finished, but I mean, did it, did it, did it, and it was like, literally, it was all all my mates that I grew up with. It was like literally being straight back in the gas club in Leicester Square in about nineteen ninety one, and we all had that kind of thing where you like run to the dance floor like you do when you're like seventeen, and uh, and yeah, jumped around to this charming man, and. Uh, yeah, then when they got a kebab and uh, two of us fell asleep in the street. <laughs> Track two then, Russ. So that is, um, I've asked you to tell me what the first song uh, that you remember hearing that actually had like a an emotional impact on you. Okay, without looking at the list. Um, Don't say the wrong one. I, I think it's Aha. Uh -huh. <laughs> Correct. Is it right? Yeah, yeah. Take, take on me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I remember seeing the video on my like sister's black and white TV. You must have been young. Yeah, I don't know what year it came out. I reckon that like come out... Or yeah, I reckon that more might have been 85. Yeah, so I'd have been like yeah. four or five, yeah. I guess. And um, I suppose, you know, because that video is very famous. Yeah. With the animation, yeah. I suppose, as a child, that, that kind of drew me in. Absolutely. Um, I suppose also, at, you know, at that point in time, songs probably had a longer lifespan than they might do now. So by the time my sister got it on, I remember she had it on vinyl or she had one of those Now This Is Music mm -hmm. album, compilation albums, and it was on there. So maybe it was 86, 87. Mm -hmm. I was a bit kind of older and more conscious. Um it's one of those things that still, you know, resonates with me today of like certain chord sequences and, and note combinations that kind of stimulate an emotional reaction in you. Do, um, is it is it the chord progressions or like the pop sensibilities of? of... Uh, it's, I think it's a combination, you know, especially like with a song like that, you know, it, it's yeah, it's, it's it's the chord progression. It's. The, the the sounds that they've used like the, the the synths and the production and it's a perfect pop record yeah you know and, and his 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 vocals are oh, just different league yeah um yeah I don't know it just you know it made me feel something yeah that I probably didn't even understand yeah at, at that time of my life but it really kind of stuck with me and then you know and and I can remember it soundtracking like different moments in my life like later on as well um you know 
I don't know. If, I don't know. Do we talk about drug taking on here or not? Yeah, you talk about whatever you want, <laughs> mate. Yeah, of course. I, just, I, I, I vividly remember. Please tell me you were smoking crack with Morton Harkett. Oh, sadly not. <laughs> I did go to see them. Uh, well, I don't know. It's probably like ten years ago now. But they they, they did a show at Wembley. I remember. Like that was the first time I'd ever seen them. Was you was you a fan aside from this song? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm mean, not till like a bit later. Yeah. Um, yeah. At that point, I didn't even understand what music was yeah. I guess but I remember yeah at some point when I was a teenager I kind of rediscovered them again and then like bought all their albums and I remember buying like VHS videos for them yeah. to see them play and all their all their MTV videos and things I got really kind of obsessed with them for and so when did when did drugs enter the world of our half for you yeah I mean they didn't enter the world of our half I say I just remember um when I was a teenager, kind of going out, like taking E with my friends and going, you know, clubs, more like dance music clubs. Yeah. But one night we were stumbling through London and we couldn't find somewhere to go for some reason. So we were stumbling through like Tottenham Court Road yeah. and just got dragged into this like 80s club because we were just like, desperate for music we just needed to dance we were like, we've got to go in somewhere we've got to dance yeah. and and we went in and i was yeah we went on to, onto the dance floor and then i was with a, a girl i really liked but we hadn't kind of got together yet and then that song came on and we started kissing and it was you know it's kind of cheesy but it yeah. felt like it was you like made that movie, sound like some kind of 80s movie yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it was i was in the aha video but <laughs> i was kind of living it so but yeah you know and obviously the uh heightened emotions of course. at that time of the evening so it was for, for people that haven't seen the video it, it's it's sort of the, the front man sort of he's looking in a, a magazine line at which he's animated right is I, it yeah, like no, a I comic there's like a girl and she's oh the girl's yeah, looking at it she, she reads yeah. the comic and he's like the character in yeah. the comic and then the comic kind of comes to life and he, he's being chased he's yeah, by a guy on a motorbike yeah and, and she yeah or he pulls her into the comic yeah. or something that's kind of flipping between the comic and reality. Yeah. So that was kind of a new thing then, yeah. I guess. People. Morton Harkett could never have not been a pop star, could he? How can you have a voice like that? And he yeah. was one of the most beautiful men to ever walk the planet. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so, so you are a fan, aside from, from yeah, Tag yeah. I, I think they've got some, some crackers. I've Been Losing You by Our Heart, I think is an absolute killer single. And Stay On These Roads. That's a oh, yeah, I love Stay On These Roads. Yeah. It, it, it's cheesy, but yeah, it's still awesome. Yeah, it is. It we, is. we actually did a cover of um, The Sun Always Shines on TV with Block Party. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's probably on the internet somewhere. So. Because there's that... Um, is it the mid-late when they go for like the, the sort of synth solo? Yeah, the kind of crazy oh, arpeggio. fucking amazing. <laughs> that's so good. That is a... It's a big sounding record to Sun Always Shines on TV, isn't it? There's mm. no gaps in that. It's it's a, re- a yeah, proper it's full sounding yeah, yeah. bit of power pop, that. Um, so, so we established you were very young when you first heard that. Um, where, where where was you? Where, where was you born? Um, in, well, I grew up in Chingford, okay. which um, I'm never sure of this. I think it used to be Essex. And the it's port, Essex, Chingford. It's, it's London, like it's got a London postcode. It's, oh, okay. it's London, but I, I think it used to be Essex, and the border got moved. Right. I'm not sure. I, 
someone have to look it up. I guess. Did it become but, um, too cool for Essex? So it had to become London. I don't know if it became too cool. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that is true. I remember someone telling me once that it was Essex and the border got moved. I don't know whether that was like in the twenties or the seventies yeah. or, or or when. So I don't know if it was ever Essex when I lived yeah. there or not. But that's yeah, that's where I grew up. But then a lot of my friends um, lived in Loughton, which is in Essex, mm-hmm. which is where I live now. So, yeah, my time. And then I had family in kind of like Romford and stuff, Altminster. So, yeah, a lot of time was split between the border of London and Essex. So, just quickly before we get on to track three. So, mm-hmm. when... When you was young and you were saying your sister had an hour album, that was was there music on sort of in the house and you know with yeah yeah um, yeah I remember my my sister would always be playing records you know she was she was four years older than me and you know and she was into all the all the kind of pop music of the time so she'd always be playing stuff and then my dad was quite into music as well so. Yeah, my sister had a record player in her room and then my dad had one downstairs and he'd he'd play like he was mostly into like David Bowie and Prince. Right. So yeah, I kinda of had that downstairs and Madonna That's a nice upstairs. hybrid though, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Great pop and, yeah. and some legends as well. All right. Fantastic. All right, well look, moving on because the track three that you've chosen obviously shows that it's it's a few years after Aha. So um so I've asked you to tell me what the the track that reminds you of your school days is? Okay, I think I'm going to have to look at this one. I can't remember what I've said. <laughs> okay, yeah. So this track is uh, Entrance, Set You Free. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess like when I was at school, you know, certain songs would become like super popular and, and take over the school mm. and, and everyone would be into them. And yeah. Sorry to be a pain. Just a quick one. This is the bit in the podcast I did mention where we had to swap the batteries over because they run out. So, yeah, there you have it. Let's get back to the podcast. Enjoy. All right, we are back. We're back. We are back. Right, so you chose for track three, Entrance, Set You Three. Yes. Set You Three, Set You Free even. Mm-hmm. I would have put that as one of the songs with the greatest intros. Yeah. Mm. Thunder. No, just the. I, <laughs> yeah. I. I. Well, the, what's the, the piano? When you hold me in your arms, like I don't like the actual song, but I really like that vocal at the beginning mm. when it kind of drops it that set you free. But I'm I'm not so keen. The yeah. mid late drops down again and goes half time. Yeah, that's that, that's the best bit. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, like I, I, I don't know how old I would have been. Well, I was at senior school, so I guess I was like eleven, and like I really loved the, like the rave music, and, and I didn't really understand what it was. I didn't know anything about like the rave culture, but like I guess that was the super mainstream mm-hmm. versions of it. But I, I, I still loved it, and um, I remember a friend. He had an older brother, and he was actually going to the, to the raves and mm-hmm. things and so he would he'd come back and he'd have like he'd be telling us about like these pirate radio stations that you could listen to and it'd be like 
trying to tune in on, 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 on my old radio to try and find them and, and, and recording all this kind of rave music. I actually Essex. found the tapes the other day. Oh, really? Trying, yeah, I've got all these old cassette tapes with these pirate radio, like Happy Hardcore and stuff. Because like, Essex was huge for that. Yeah, right? yeah, it yeah. It was, you know, it was a very much, a, you know, obviously it was nationwide, but it was a big thing for Essex. Mm, you know, mm. the, the pirate radio stations were, you know, everybody had a mate that worked, you know, that was doing pirate radio. Yeah. And, and the whole rave scene around the M25 was was absolutely huge. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, so did, did you get to... Or was you too young? No, I was, I was too. Yeah, I was like eleven. Yeah. So I, I, like, you know, I didn't wasn't really aware of it. I was kind of pretty naive, I think, at that time. So um, it was just all I knew was the music, and I just like loved the music. And I guess it has that connection of what I said earlier about like something that like stimulates an emotional response, yeah. you know. And obviously, it's got it's all tied in with like the ecstasy culture but you know the whole point of that was about you know like a positive emotional reaction and um that's always been the kind of music that's resonated with with me the most you know like like the aha like Mm. i just instinctively felt like this song is special like it's not just this piece of music in the background it's actually it actually means something, and they're the, they're the songs I've always been drawn to. And yeah, even the, the entrance, City Free, like that, you know, that, that intro and that that breakdown. It's like, you know, it really it really touches people. I think. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Absolutely. I, I, I couldn't agree more. So, I imagine this wasn't the reason you picked up a guitar uh, and uh, was you already playing guitar at this point or no I didn't start playing guitar till I was like 15 okay um yeah I didn't get into guitar music till a bit later I think might be the next yeah yeah I guess so yeah yeah well to go back to the the school days in um I've interrupted the podcast again haven't I 
Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding playing licensed music and such. So if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search Off The Beat and Track Podcast and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there, I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up, get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. All days in. Um, did you enjoy school? Um, Not particularly. Like, at, yeah, like at the time, um, I, you know, I met some really cool people that I'm... You know, some of them I'm still friends with and, you know, like they got me into music. Was that the connection? What music? To your friends, yeah. Was it? Yeah, the, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Everything, everything was music. Um, so like that was good. But in, in terms of like the kind of everything else about school, yeah, I, I wasn't particularly happy at school. I kind of, you know, I left when I was sixteen because I didn't I didn't want to be there anymore. Um, yeah, and so yeah, I don't, I don't have particularly fond memories. You know, I I I got a good education, and retrospectively, I can mm. see that that has some value. But um, yeah, I guess I'd probably enjoy it if I went if you put my brain in my body. The brain I have now in my body then, yeah. I, I think I'd probably enjoy it more, being, you know, more confident and, 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 and well, things like that. Was you quite shy at school then? Yeah, I was, I was very, very shy. Um, you know, and I was very shy and very small. So, you know, school tends to be dominated by sports. and Alpha people males and... Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and, and I wasn't part of that world. So then, you know, you get to... Become, feel a bit isolated but I you know but the, the plus side of that was finding like solace in other people who felt the same yeah um you know and, and finding the alternative culture that was music basically so yeah but did you was, did you feel that that gave you the, the fact that you were shy at school or maybe probably didn't express yourself as much as you wanted to was that a, a, did that almost give you that kind of drive to want to establish it you know with your music to prove yourself and and to you know make a make a bit of a statement was there was there always a, a sort of drive there um no i didn't think in that sense i think the drive was more just in that i like loved the music so much yeah. like especially when i learned how to make it myself yeah you know i i think i got good at doing it quite quickly and you know and 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 I guess it was, I guess I wasn't, you know, I was always quite bottom of the class at school and then I found something that I was really good at and I suppose that was more motivating for me. Like, this is something I like and I'm really good at it. Like, this is what I want to do. And, you know, everyone else is, like, talking about becoming, like, like a lawyer or, I don't know, whatever, but... And I just was like, I don't want to be part of that world. Like, you know. So did you feel that creativity wasn't particularly encouraged at school in regards to the arts? and? No, well, 
I don't know. I mean, I'm, we did have music classes, but they were pretty kind of generic, like played a recorder for a bit. And yeah, the same at my school. Yeah, so I don't remember learning anything in, in music class at all. I didn't do it for GCSE or anything. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't really like art, art like, like drawing, yeah. painting, that, that side of things. So... I guess, yeah, just at that point I hadn't found a viable creative outlet for myself and it was music that became it. I just, I wasn't, not the, uh, not the academic model. Like, I, I, even when I learned guitar, you know, I didn't learn it, like, properly, like, mm-hmm. learning notes and scales. Like, I learned it with my friends, like, working out how to play so Smith songs sitting yeah. around for hours trying to figure out how to play it like the the academic method like put me off yeah and and and, and, and it still puts me off like like people that I can I can hear someone that has learned music in that way and yeah. and, it, and it like I appreciate they've taken the time to do it but it, it always feels a bit soulless to me yeah and um yeah it feels like music at the moment is a lot more like that which is disappointing because sterile yeah like to a degree like not not all of it but there's so much music where it's solo artists with a session band yeah of and, course. and like i don't know you know it, it, it it's for some people but it doesn't appeal to me yeah i'm with you there mate um so i imagine track four is probably the uh the the, the song that uh Oh, do you know what? I'm gonna let you talk about it. So this is the first record that you uh, that you purchased. Yes, uh, this is Inside by Stiltskin. <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know why I'm even <laughs> laughing, mate. It's, no, it's funny because I hadn't thought of this song for, for 20 years until yeah. until you asked the question, and I, and I had to think like, what what was the first song? Yeah, I, I think it was. You know, I can't 100 percent remember, yeah. but it was it was the one when I thought about it and I guess it was um you know at the time it was on a Levi's right. jeans advert and that that was like a big thing at the time yeah. like the Levi's jeans adverts were like oh what song they're going to use next yes. and that was going to be like the next big song because yeah. there was that uh Babylon Zoo Spaceman, Spaceman yeah. one I don't know that was before or after but, um I think that was after yeah I think it was after yeah but this one Stiltskin it was it was a real like like Nirvana grunge song kind of thing. I remember when it came out because I was, I'm, I'm a lot older than you, and I was DJing then. Mm. And when that came out, I was like, well, "If you stripped off Smashing Pumpkins," mm. and, uh, and 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 we was all just like, oh, "Can't have this." But um, but it was a huge record when it came yeah. out. Like I'm sure it went to number one. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I guess for me, it was like it was one of the intro points because I didn't really know about that kind of music. Yeah. Like, I, I guess I was like like 13 or mm. something. And, you know, I, I knew about all the uh, pop music mm. because that was what my sister played and that was what was on the radio and that was all I had access to. And then I started to know a bit about the rave music because my friend's brother had introduced mm. it and, but I didn't really know about guitar music at all. Like it just, it wasn't on my radar. Yeah. And 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 then I heard that, and I was like, and it like appealed to me. I was like, hey, what's this? It's a great hook. Yeah, you know, yeah. and you know, 
I can, you know, looking back, I'm sure it wasn't particularly like cool at the time, but it was like an intro point, you know, of just course. like if you heard like Bon Jovi or something, yeah. like it, it, it was like a, a stepping stone into the world of guitar music. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and then you know, I remember making friends with another boy, and he was really into like Metallica and Nirvana and stuff like that and, yeah. that. and that was like another stepping stone. It was like, oh, there's, there's other stuff like this. Yeah. Like, and then it kind of went off and into the rest of my life. <laughs> I think he fronts Genesis, man. Who? The singer out of Stillskin. Does it? Because I had it like, when, when, when we did this, I, I Googled it to, to check that it was the song I was thinking yeah. of. And then it said... That they were still going. Yeah, he's. I think the singer. I might be wrong. But I'm sure. I think his name's Ray something. Yeah, I think it was like Ray Wilson or something. Yeah, and he replaced Phil Collins in Genesis. Yeah, and uh, oh, I really hope I haven't got that wrong. I'm sure of it. I didn't see that. But that uh, that he. Yeah, he did. I'm gonna. I'm gonna check yeah, this yeah, because otherwise I want to get angry people messaging in. I think he was Scottish. He was. Yeah. He was. And, uh, yeah. So. Where did you buy it? Uh, I couldn't say. I, I presume. Um, what, what were the shops then? Like Master Blaster or something? Was that a shop? I think you might have just made that up. I might made that up. I can't remember. The, <laughs> what, what were the chain stores? I guess it was just HMV and Virgin, wasn't no, it? No, there, there were some other ones. like Our Price. Our Price. It could have been yeah. Our Price, yeah. Um, or Woolworths, I guess. They, they sold singles then. Uh, yeah. Fronted Genesis ninety six to ninety eight, yeah. Ray Wilson. Oh, there you go. Interesting. <laughs> I got the name right. Yeah. <laughs> um was it on vinyl? Uh no, it would have been cassette. I d I didn't have a vinyl player. I think my parents got me a stereo, one of those ones with like two tape decks. Yeah. So you could uh you know, the original piracy. Yeah, of course, so yeah. Copy your friends' albums and record the radio. That, that seems like crazy recording the radio like, yeah. when you think about it now. So. so did you not have that kind of super cool kind of indie record store around your way where you could go and, and, and you know, speak to people and find out, you know, um, what, there was what one, imports? And... There was one shop on the high street called Turntable, Turntable, Turntables. I don't <laughs> think it was a chain. I don't know if it was super cool, but it, I might have got it there actually, but that that was the only like local music shop that was in walking distance. Yeah. So, yeah, it's weird. I hadn't thought about that for so long. I think it was it was like a video VHS rental place yeah. as well. Um, it's weird because I remember the guy that worked in there was the same guy who was there every day, and then like fifteen years later, I saw him working in H and V in Oxford Street. And he looked exactly the same, and it really weirded me out because I was like, "Hang on, I'm like 15 years older, and this guy's the same as I remember being a kid, and he's still working in the music shop." It was, it was, it was quite surreal. But yeah, that that was the only um, kind of music shop locally. But I I don't think it was particularly cool, yeah, or anything. It was just the the, the top 40. Or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, still skin. Once you'd kind of buddied up with your pals that were into sort of Nirvana and Metallica and that, did that when you started kind of messing with guitars and stuff? Um, it's weird. I can't remember the chronology exactly in my head. It, it must have been because the, the 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 thing that was the real catalyst 
for me playing guitar that I, I think I mentioned last time was the Back to the Future, yeah. Michael J. Fox scene. And, you know, I'd, I'd watched the film as a kid and then watched it every year. And at one point, at one point I was at my grandparents' house and they had a CD of like 1950s rock for some reason. And because they just got a CD player, I guess, and CD players were new. And it, yeah. Jesus. Um, You've and, got and, so and, ripped, you just literally <laughs> smashed your protein shake across I the did, bar. Didn't, didn't break it, so that was good. Um, <laughs> what, what was oh, yeah, and, and, uh, and I had this, yeah, I put the CD on and it had the Johnny B. Good song on it, but it, was, it wasn't the Back to the Future version, it was a different version. It wasn't the original either. Yeah. But I, I, don't, I can't remember sitting there and thinking, like, hey, it sounds different. Like, this is weird. Like I, I couldn't comprehend that the same song could be different. And for some reason, I just thought, oh, I'd be so cool to do it myself. And I can't remember if that was before or after I got into music, like guitar music properly. I, I feel, yeah, I feel like, yeah, it must have been after, because I remember trying to learn Weezer songs very early on. Right. Yeah, so uh, I'll say it was after, but it was definitely around the same time. Yeah, I guess like 14, 15. Okay. So, moving on to track five. Mm. The song that soundtracked your years clubbing. I'm saying that like... Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. Too old to club now, but you're not. You're still, you're still a young man, mate. Maybe. Uh, uh, so what was the track that... Yeah, this one I struggled with, and I'd, I'd probably give it a different answer every day of the week, but the one I went with was uh, Peaches with Fuck the Pain Away. Because for me, it was one of the songs that soundtracked Trash, the club, which was like a massive part of my, uh, well, I guess early 20s. Mm -hmm. um, I remember, I feel like they probably played it every week or pretty much every time we went. And um, 
yeah, so sorry, completely lost my train of thought. So with tra- with trash was when you started going to trash was block party in its embryonic stages or yeah, we'd 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 started the band when we were probably like seventeen or eighteen, like just after school, I guess around that time, and then. Yeah, I don't think I started going to trash till I moved into London. I probably was nineteen or twenty then. But yeah, once once I kind of what you know, we we used to go to all the kind of like classic indie clubs yeah. at the time, like Feet First yeah. and After Cameron School, and Candy yeah. Box. Um, pretty much like every night of the week, yeah. if there was something on, we'd. We'd, we'd be there. So, so so explain trash to people that never went. I, I as as an indie player, I never went to trash, and uh, so you I never I, went at all. No. Oh no. man. Um. I mean, yeah. So one weird thing was it was a Monday night, which like I don't know. Do they have clubs on a Monday now? I, I feel I like they probably not, don't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was a Monday night, which is an odd night for a club, and it was always like sold out, like a queue outside the door, going around the building. Um, like they had um like a door policy of like like a fashion policy I guess which used to intimidate me, and I was always worried that I wouldn't be let in, but basically it was like to keep the uh like the drunk city boys yeah. out rather than like being uh, overly exclusive. It was like yeah to let the kind of indie kids in. Um, and then inside, it, it it was like the first place that combined like the, the the dance music world and the guitar music world. Well, for me, it was anyway. Um, you know, it was it was in the end nightclub in in Tottenham Court Road. Set up by Errol Olkin. Yeah. yeah, which and it was like like a proper like clubbing venue, like not like a like a student union or whatever. Yeah. It was like this like proper underground club with like big sound system and like lights and everything um you know you had errol and he was like djing like not your kind of indie dj one song after another thing you know he was like mixing and cutting Mm -hmm. in things you know he was playing um like like bootleg mashups which were a new thing at the time and Mm -hmm. really kind of trendy um and and you know and, and and then they'd be playing like guitar music and electro music and all kinds of stuff and it was just this this big mashup and it was just a party all night um yeah and you know and 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 and, you know and and people did like dress up like a step above i guess your average indie night yeah it was it was a little more um effort made yeah a little more glamorous i guess was the word um and so, what was going on musically at that point then uh, at Trash? Uh, when you well, and, and they they had bands play sometimes, like not every week, but every like month or something. And like you know, this was a little club of like two or three hundred people, and you had like Interpol, Yeah Yeahs, LCD Sound System, Phoenix. <coughs> yeah, I mean that's like that's spectacular. The, all these bands before you know, and these are bands still going now. That yeah. like headline festivals or whatever, yeah. but like. You know, just all starting out in in this in this little cool club. Um, yeah, it it was just 
the coolest place that, that there was to go to. Um, so did but by that point mainstream clubbing in Essex had zero appeal whatsoever. Yeah, for me. Mm. Um I I don't think I ever went to a club in Essex that I can think of because like for me as a teenager going to a club in Essex meant I was probably gonna get beaten up yeah. by someone for like not having a pink shirt on or something. Yeah. Like that that was just the realism of it at the time, you know? And or I had like you know, or I wore like nail varnish or yeah. I have male friends that would wear makeup or something, you know, and and, and, and you had a very high chance of, of getting beaten up. Yeah. If you tried to go to a club in Essex. So shitty right yeah so that's why places like that were were a, yeah. a, a hub for us and i'm sure lots of yeah other people it was like a coming together of like-minded people yeah absolutely absolutely um so what, what did you sort of what did you want from clubbing like what was it that you was you know on, on, on a night out clubbing what was it exactly you wanted um, well obviously i know it peaked when you you kissed a girl to our heart but yeah uh, that was it. Um, I mean, it it depends. Like, was it? Did you want to get fucked up and meet someone, and or did you want to hear new music? Did you, you know, what or was it a combination? I think, or? I think, I think it was both. Like, I did like meeting people. Yeah. Should we say? But, um, but like, but it had to be somewhere with good music, like yeah. you know, because otherwise you could just go anywhere where people. Yeah, are of course. So. You know, and, and and that wasn't like a guarantee of how the night would end. So, you know, you wanted to be somewhere where you was like with your friends and with other other like cool people and and you know and and and, and I loved dancing then. So, you, you know, if if I went out and just danced for four hours, you know, and, and stumbled home at three in the morning with 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 my friends, then then that was still an awesome night as well. Yeah. So. Yeah, the, the the you know it always had to be the place with the right music and the right vibe. You said you loved dancing then. Yeah. Not so keen these days. I don't know. I haven't. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't been out dancing. I mean, I, I, I've I've got a son now, so I can't stay out late. It's, yeah. It's not uh, compatible with, yeah. with my life. Like, so theoretically, dad dancing now then. Yes. Probably, yeah. I mean, I haven't danced properly for a while, so I don't know. Maybe leave that a trash, mate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, um, for track six, I've asked you to to choose a a song um, from an artist from your your hometown of Essex, home county of Essex, even. Yes. Um, I think this is correct because I've picked uh, Blur with Chemical World. Absolutely. Come, Chester. Yeah, I thought yeah. two yeah. of them were from Colchester. Yeah. But I know they, they met at uni in London, didn't yeah. they? But I thought two of them were from yeah. Essex, so that, that that counts. Yeah, we claim Blur. Yeah, yeah. good, good. Um, Chemical World as well, great choice. Yeah, I think I think that's probably my favourite Blur song. Um, Is like, that your favourite Blur album? Um, yeah, I don't know. That's Modern Life was mm. rubbish, right? Yeah, either that or or blur blur, they're 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 probably my favourites. Yeah, it'd be between them. I haven't listened to them for quite a while. So yeah, yeah, 
it'd be hard to pick. But I, I, I was kind of quite late getting into Blur. They, I didn't massively like them at, at first. When I guess I was more into the like heavier, slightly heavier Stilt guitar skin. music. Still skin, yeah. Um, <laughs> just still skin on repeat. Um, or oh no, I guess like the more American sound, yeah. Smashing Pumpkins and, and and so on. You spoke uh, when you come on hardcore listing about your love of like Weezer and yeah, yeah. So for a while, um, and like because I didn't know much about Blur, and I guess the the initial uh, opinion of them, you know, was was things like Country House yeah. and, and stuff like that, like the not cool, you know, the stuff that even they're not particularly fond of. Yeah. Um, so they didn't appeal to me. I was like, oh, the like this kind of like cheesy mm. like beer lads music. This this isn't for me. But then a girl I really liked was really into Blur, so I got tickets to go and see them. And um, you put the work in. Yeah. Um, most of these stories seem to revolve around. <laughs> 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 Um, but, no, we saw them. Loads of us went to go and see them at Brixton, and 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 it was awesome. Like it was, it was like a really cool show. And so then I kind of like delved into their catalogue, and I was like, you know, oh wow, there's like so much more to this band. Yeah. And um, that song in particular, you know, again, it kind of ticks those boxes of the the, the the chord progressions and the emotional reaction um just the guitar line i love that as yeah. well it's like such a cool little guitar line yeah, it's cracking. desperately kind of trying to learn how to play it at the time um yeah and it just it was it was really interesting it was so much more than i thought they were which was a valuable lesson i think at, at the time because it was you know it's easy to like hear all right by Supergrass and think that's all that band is like yeah. oh that's not for me like, I'm not going to listen to them yeah. like you know which I'm sure you know they got to reap the benefits of that success but I can appreciate as an artist how it must be like incredibly frustrating for like people to judge you by one song and yeah so it was kind of a lesson of like to look beyond that because especially if you know, people are recommending it, and there probably is something to it. Yeah. Um, the bees, oh, I think it was a, the bees out of the twelve-inch of Chemical World. It's got their cover of Maggie May on it. If you oh, ever yeah. heard that, That's, I uh, might have heard it at the time. I think they put it on a, an NME Ruby Tracks charity mm. album or something like that. That's uh, that's worth a listen. So, have you seen them since? Like Blur? Have you? Oh yeah, I've seen them loads of times. Yeah, it's like I got really into them after that um yeah i saw them a couple of years ago they did the hyde park yeah so that was the last time i saw them yeah i would have seen them a fair few times over the the last 20 years so i've seen them in essex Mm -hmm. uh i i I saw them do a secret gig uh um oscar's nightclub in clacton uh and at the time there was a music a magazine called Select, and uh, and me and my mate made up some uh, laminated passes saying that we were photographers from Select, 
and and we drove to Clacton and Oscars probably held about 200 people mm. and it was at the time this was probably Great Escape so mm. they were at the peak of their pop yeah yeah and I think that's when they decided they wanted to do a, a seaside tour and try and sort of play more intimate venues for a, a bit in between playing like Wembley Arena um and actually blagged my way in oh, uh, nice. with these press passes and sat in front of the barrier <laughs> uh, in front of Alex and we was we were sharing my box of fags throughout the whole gig. I oh. was uh, I was absolutely ecstatic, sort of. I suppose I must have been about nineteen or twenty, just uh, yeah, sharing me uh, me sovereign lights. With, uh, I remember because well, I looked up where the, where they were born to check they were from at six and. Um, it made me think, I've never actually played in Essex, but I've played in Southend with Ash. Did you play You play Cliffs or did you play Chinneries? Or Chinneries. Chinneries. With Ash. But I, as far as I know, I've never played in Essex with Block Party. Never played Colchester Arts Centre? Definitely or? never played Colchester because my, my wife and her family are from yeah. Colchester, so they'd, they'd have come down if we did. Did you play V Festival? Yeah, we did once, but that's a festival. That's, that don't I mean, count. On, on a technicality, I suppose. <laughs> not, okay, we've never played an Essex venue. Okay, okay, you can have um, But, yeah, so I'm, well, cheap plug, I'm playing in Colchester next month with Nova Cub. So okay. I'm kind of looking forward to that, just because it'll be nice to play in Essex. Yeah, well, we, we'll, as, you know, we'll make sure that we, when we do all the, uh, the press and whatnot, when this comes out, we'll, we'll tag... Mm-hmm. Uh, we tag you all in it, and uh, so people can go and find out more, and, and we'll uh, we we'll chat about the gigs and such as well. Yeah, yeah, so awesome. uh, excellent! All right, well, look, your last track. Um, well, there's you're lucky. You're going to get eight because obviously the last track's going to be your own band. So Fine. we're going to uh, we're going to play that at the end. You're, you're literally leaning over the table because you've forgotten the question mm-hmm. and and the. Uh, I did this last time as well. I remember. Uh, you did <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, a song that many people may not know. That you would like them to hear. Yeah, so this one is as uh, called "My Complications." It's by a band called Mew um, from Denmark. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of cheeky because I co-wrote it and played on it with them. Did you? Yeah, but um, but yeah, I guess not a lot of people know that. That's why I picked it for the uh, question. It seemed quite appropriate. Wow, I didn't um, know that. Um, I have a Mew track in my all-time top ten. Yeah. Uh, which is the probably the first introduction most people had, which was, "Am I right?" And yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I have. The, the, the drums are off the scale. The vocal is just different league. Yeah. Uh, not a million miles away from Morton Harkett in places, mm, I guess. Mm, you know, mm. um, sounds almost feminine in, in some places. You know, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, Oh, what a band! I, yeah. can't, I did not know you done that. We um, we toured together uh, in the US. I can't remember what year, but um, sorry, I've got hiccups. Um, yeah, and, and I, I I loved them, so I was really excited to tour with them and became friends with them, and you know, and, and mutual uh, creative appreciation, and um, yeah, and they just got in touch. Um, when they were writing that album and asked if I wanted to come and try and write some songs with them. So, yeah, I went out to uh, Copenhagen for a, a couple of days, 
which was a nice return because we wrote the first, we recorded the first Block Party album in Copenhagen as well. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it's got quite a strong musical connection for me. But um, yeah, and we just kind of wrote that in, in a day, really. And then, yeah, I came back like a month later or something to help record it. And um yeah, it's a really cool song. I'm 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 very proud of. And yeah, I mean they're an awesome band. Like I love them so much. They I think they're doing the uh like the uh album MRI, the one that that's on. Yeah. I think they're playing like the whole thing um in October or something. What, in the UK? Yeah, yeah, and I was really excited and it's the same day that we're doing the Silent Alarm. No. So I can't go. I'm, like super bummed. I'd already like spoken to them. I was like, yeah. you have to put me on the guest list for this gig. Like, I'm coming. Yeah. And now I can't go, which is. Oh, that's, 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 that's sad. But I'm sure you'll be having a good time, mate. Yeah, it'll be okay, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, look, um, before we, we sort of finish up, uh, you, you're happy in Essex. You, you know, you've got any desire to, to move out no, of Essex? No, like, because I, I, yeah, after I'm, yeah, I was 18, I guess, when I moved like properly into London. Yeah. And then I spent. The, the next like 15 years living in I think I've pretty much covered every borough of London during that time I moved so many times um yeah and then had a son and finally returned to the homeland yeah. of Essex and yeah I, I, I love it I think I'd, I'd, I'd actually be up for moving more into Essex I don't, I don't know if we will anytime soon but yeah. I mean, no, I'm super happy with where we are. It's, yeah, it's awesome. But um, yeah, I'm so I'm well back into Essex life. Now. So what's 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 a, a day in the life of Russell in Essex now? Uh, I don't know. It depends. It's like, I mean, like if I'm not kind of like working doing music, it's probably not overly exciting. Cause, you know, I'm looking after my son. We live right by the forest, so we we take the dog out like for massive long walks through the forest like twice a day um yeah and otherwise just kind of general daddy duties or, yeah you know if 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 he's at nursery or whatever I've, I've got a little studio at home so i'll be working on music then yeah but yeah otherwise it's probably commuting into london to yeah. do other other things but yeah that's where we live is nice because it's still on the tube so it's kind of pretty accessible yeah wicked okay well so gigs wise mm. Ali Pally with Block Party mm-hmm. um, what's coming up for Nova Club you mentioned earlier Colchester do you know when that is yeah and, uh, so the Nova Club gigs are um, July 27th at the V Bar in Colchester yeah and oh, just before that, July 20th at Dingwalls in London. That's like a club night. Um, yeah, they're the only two on the cards at the moment. So, so yeah, people, they should be fun. So um, if people want to find out, you're on social wanna, media? We or? are. We're um, at Nova Cub Music on Instagram and Twitter. N O V A N O V A C U B M U S I C Nova Cub Music or yeah or you can just find me on them and it'll be in my bio if not um, yes yeah, so we've got those two gigs we've got a couple of songs up on our pages hopefully be putting out 
a lot more stuff soon and yeah hopefully be doing gigs beyond that but they're the they're the kind of next two in the pipeline okay and yeah very excited fantastic well thanks ever so much for um submitting your playlist russ yeah you're it's welcome. been nice that you've, you've come out to the, the bar to have a chat um and we'll leave this podcast with nova cup awesome enjoy thank you
there you have it. That was the end of episode two of Off the Beaten Track podcast with the lovely Russell Lissack. What a nice lad. Really friendly, really chatty. Chose some great records. Much like Pip didn't try and be super cool with his choices, was was honest and and picked the songs that, you know, really resonated with him uh, throughout his life. So thanks for listening. Thanks for for supporting the podcast. Really appreciate it. Um, another episode will be out this time next week. Um, please subscribe. Please tell your friends. And, yeah, give us a like, a listen, or a moan, or whatever you want to do over on the social media things. Go and have a listen to the songs. They're over on Spotify. And big thanks to um, my producer, 76, and my guy that does the little video kind of things that you'll see on, on Instagram and Facebook and stuff, um, Mr. Brad Acton. And thanks to Pip and everyone at the Distraction Pieces podcast. And big shout out to my main man and homie, Chris Glasson. And Hardcore Listing Podcast is out every Monday. See you soon. Bye. It's off the beat and track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. You've me, Stu Whipping. Hey,